We're so glad you've joined us. Right now, it's Perry and Shauna Replay from 89.3 Moody Radio. Good morning to you. I think it's really easy to be thankful for the highlights, you know, those moments that happen where something is just completely unexpected and you're like, whoa, I didn't see that coming or it's just something really good. And you're like, I am so grateful for that. But it's a lot harder to be grateful for kind of the day in and day out mundane things that are still blessings and still joys. I work full time and I'm the cook in our family. So that means after a full day's work, I get home and hopefully I remember to thaw some meat. If not, I'm trying to quick thaw it in the, you know, defrost it in the (laughs) microwave real quick. And, you know, I'll pull some frozen vegetables out of the freezer, you know, and, and maybe if I'm, if I have the time, cut up some fresh vegetables and, you know, roast them in the oven, that sort of thing. But dinner is a necessity. It's one of those things that like we've got to eat. We want to eat healthy. I do the best I can with the short amount of time that I have to be able to prepare the food. There you but go. I'm not amazing. You know, I just kind of get it done. You're not expecting the Food Network to show up at your door and say, no, no. <laughs> would you like to audition for our next show? Actually, they might say you have been nominated for a Kitchen makeover, a food makeover. We're going to teach you how to actually cook well, at least, your family. At least be breast confident you're not going to be asked to be on the worst cooks. I'm not. Co- no, 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 I wouldn't be on that. I don't think. You've eaten at my house and no, you're no, kind of you, staying no, quiet about it. No, you would not it. be on that. You would <laughs> not be I on that. Be. You would not be on that. Okay. Well, anyway, making a meal for my family at the end of a day is... Right is, you know, something that I get done, but it's not something that I have a ton of time to pour into. I just kind of do the best I can to put together something healthy. And usually when I'm, you know, waiting for something to come out of the microwave or, you know, stirring something, I'll, it's not uncommon for me to just pull up social media while I'm doing my cooking tasks and, and pulling the meal together. And I have a friend who lives in Arizona and she's married to a professional chef. Uh-oh. And I'm telling you, I'm sitting there trying to do the best I can to pull something together. And then I come across this picture of Tiffany and her husband and the meal that he prepared, the gourmet meal that the professional chef prepared for their family. And I don't know what the deal is, but I don't know if she's putting some kind of filter on it or what, but like the vegetables look brighter. (laughs) The meat looks juicier. Lightly braised with sage and thyme. Honestly, it looks amazing. And, and I could be like in the middle of joyfully making dinner for my family. And I come across this picture and I'm like, man, I want what they're having. And all of a sudden I feel (laughs) incompetent. And like what we're going to have for dinner is such a a lousy option. Mm. And I think that, Man, the internet is amazing at this, putting in front of us what we don't have and making us want something that we don't have. Mm -hmm. And we have so much to be grateful for. God in his goodness has provided for us in incredible ways, but our culture wants to pull our attention away from what we have and have us focus on what we don't have. So how can we, especially, you know, as Christ followers, but especially as we're turning the corner to Thanksgiving Think about what we're grateful for. Be intentional about focusing on what we're grateful for instead of the lack. Mm. I mean, do you resonate? I mean, does this resonate with you? Are there things that kind of come across maybe your laptop or whatever that show up in your day and you're like, man. Oh, sure. If I see somebody that gets, say, an industry promotion that I say, boy, I would like to have had that opportunity. (laughs) There you go. I mean, I think there are different things that are enticing to different you know, people, right? right. You know, mm-hmm. one person might be, you know, uh, 
something material. Man, I'd like to have that boat. My boat's falling apart. Mm. You know, somebody else is saying, wow, you have a boat? (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. That'd be great to have a boat. But it is easier to, to focus on what you don't have instead of being grateful for what you do have. And so I think that's our natural inclination. But we have this supernatural ability to be grateful. In fact, scripture tells us time and time again, be grateful for what you have. Think about what you do have and what you don't. And an example of what this might look like is as I'm making dinner for my family and I'm scrolling through and I see this beautiful photo of this gourmet meal and I think all of a sudden, you know, wah, wah. Now I don't want to eat what we're eating. I want to have what they're having. I could instead focus Mm. on the fact that I don't have time to put together a gourmet meal because I have a job. Mm-hmm. A job that I love. I'm so grateful for my job. And I come home from my job to a home that I love where, you know, I have a place to prepare a meal for my family. I've got food in the fridge that I get in the freezer. I got vegetables <laughs> in the freezer that I get to to and, somehow make edible. And, and grateful, you're grateful you have a freezer to put the vegetable in. Right. Yeah. I mean, these are just, they're not the flashy things. They're just kind of your everyday mundane thing, mundane things, but they're things that I'm truly grateful for. And the fact of the matter is when we're done eating, we're probably going to have leftovers because God's been so good. There's going to be more than what we actually need tonight when the meal is done. That can be tomorrow's lunch. And you've got some place to safely store all of that so you can enjoy the leftovers. All these things to be grateful for. If we just shift our perspective from what we don't have and all of these things, gifts from God, right? That my God will meet all of your needs according to his riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. We do have so much to be thankful for. I'd love to hear from you this morning what you're thankful for. Not the highlight reel like, oh, my family, we got to go on vacation to Hawaii and it was amazing. Praise God for that. That is something (laughs) to be grateful for. I'm so glad you got to do that. But what are the everyday, ordinary things that you tend to take for granted that you're grateful for? If I haven't told you lately, we are incredibly grateful for you. We were just talking a couple of minutes ago about the things that we kind of take for granted, the mundane, you know, day in and day out things and just asked, what are you grateful for? Not the flashy highlight reel kind of stuff, but like the everyday stuff. What are you grateful for? And we've got Sharon on the line. Good morning, Sharon. Hi, how are you? Doing great. How are you this morning? Awesome. I just saw a beautiful sunrise this morning and it was just amazing. That's awesome. So what are you grateful for today? Well, I am grateful that the Lord spanks us once in a while. (laughs) All right, do tell. Well, um, earlier this week, I was trying to put together some, what I thought was amazing plans for Thanksgiving. Uh, My husband passed away last year um, in December, and we didn't have a Thanksgiving or Christmas, and we have a large family, and I wanted to get them all together, and um, it just didn't go over well with the plans of the other people involved, and I had an attitude. Mm-hmm. So I'm uh, feeling a little sorry for myself, um, just kind of moping around and not being actually very nice back to my own family. So um, I, I got convicted um, that evening, and the Lord just said, you know, this isn't right. Um, you need to think about what you're what you're really celebrating, you know, and thankful that your family's together, healthy, and 
so um, I I asked the Lord to work through through me. Um, I asked for some forgiveness. Went to bed. Woke up. Still had a little bit of that left. And uh, on the way somewhere, I listened to two very good messages on Moody Radio, and awesome. it was right at me. And uh, then it was followed up by a new song. I, I can't remember it, but it talked about pride. It talked about selfishness and thankfulness, and it just changed my heart. And I was able to um, just, you know, give it to the Lord. And actually, my kids came up with a much better idea, and um, it worked out real well. Gave me time to uh, maybe grieve a little and then mm. work through some issues, but um, just just wonderful that God corrects and then He speaks. I yeah. believe with all my heart that He used His Word and and His Spirit to bring me around to His way of thinking. Sharon, you're my hero. I want to say first of all, I'm so sorry for the loss of your husband, and I'm going to be adding you to my prayer list as we head into. Oh, thank you. Thanksgiving next week, but also you're my hero because you heard the voice of God and you made the correction. I mean, that's what, when Jesus came, he said, you know, the kingdom of God is near, repent and believe. And that's just what you did. You heard the voice of God. You realized there was something that needed to turn, something that needed to switch and leaned into what God had for you. And that's, that's what we're all trying to do to the best of our ability. So you're my hero, Sharon. Thank you. And I just want to tell you, it's been an amazing year walking much closer with the Lord. Um, He's my bridegroom, and I I love him, and I cherish every moment that I have. And yes, I miss my hubby, but um, he he comes and he fills those those, uh, voids, and it's it's been actually a very wonderful year. So thank you for your prayers and for the opportunity to share. Absolutely. Thank you, Sharon, for encouraging us. God bless you. You're beautiful in every way. Keep listening to Jesus and keep doing what he asks you to do. Thank you so much. You have an awesome Thanksgiving. It is Freedom Friday, and we are celebrating what God has done for us in the Great Lakes He went to for us to be able to live free. And I think so much of living free is understanding that which holds us captive, right? right, right. And and what God has set us free from. I want to take a look at Second Corinthians, is it chapter three? Sure is, verse seventeen that simply says, "Now the Lord is Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is." There is freedom. Mm. This verse is couched in the middle of this, you know, whole paragraph about, um, you know, Moses and wearing the veil over his face in the Mm. old covenant and the freedom that we have in Christ. And then it goes on to say after verse 17, verse 18 says, and we all with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory and are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Mm. So I think that what he's saying here is the freedom that we have in Christ is actually to become like Jesus. Right. And as we work on that, and again, it's not something that we can just gin up ourselves. We have to examine ourselves ourselves daily to make sure that there isn't sin that's blocking that relationship with Christ it's just it's it's not a magical kind of thing. So there is a part that depends on us in terms of confession, making yeah. sure that we're walking in a right relationship. It's it's like 
you and a good friend or you and your spouse, if there's something blocking, you've done you've done some sort of offense to that person, you know you got to make it right before you're going to be able to have more of a oneness of spirit with that person. So in that vein, right? Like if you right. have something that's um, coming between you and another person in relationship mm-hmm. and you're, you know, you know, you, maybe you've done something against that person and you just you know, you don't want to, but you know, you yeah. got to come clean, right? You need <laughs> right. to be honest right. and, and bring it out into the open. When you do hard as that may be to speak it out loud, it's like, mm. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. It's off of my chest. There's a freedom in that, mm-hmm. you know, in the same way, God invites us to, to live openly before him, holding nothing back from who he is. And in that, there is incredible freedom to become like him, to lay all the, put all your cards on the table. Right. Lay and, it all out there and totally and, and it's so hard for us to do that because, you know, we tend to be proud and we want to think that we've done nothing wrong or the other person's done worse things than I have. So, <laughs> but God really doesn't have any of that with us. He says, no, you need to come clean. You need to own up to your own stuff. And as you do that, you experience again, that incredible freedom and that oneness with him that, and the peace that you really, you, you're looking for, you wouldn't think that that would be the thing that would do it for you, right. but that's actually where it comes from. Okay. If there, if you're holding on to something right now and you're like, I just, I've not been able to bring this before the Lord. I'm embarrassed for what I've done. I'm just struggling to own my stuff. I just feel like God is inviting you this morning. Come to me. And I believe he wants you to know that he is spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Leaning in every single morning to being reminded of who we are in Christ and then just walking that out best we can today, hand in hand with Jesus. Well, Shana, you and I both know that we kind of live in a culture of outrage, a a culture that demands justice. And you hear the slogans, no justice, no peace. And it seems all right and good. But the fact of the matter is, if there's no grace, there also will be no peace as well. And that's something we seem to be missing a lot of in the talks. And and your reconciliation isn't really reconciliation without grace. I just was recently having a conversation with someone who was kind of up in arms about circumstances. And I just, I walked away from the conversation. I was like, Lord, what would you look like in the midst of those frustrations? Like I'm frustrated about what's going on in the world, right? What is Jesus's response? How does he respond? Because there is such a thing as righteous anger. And there is a, there is a, um, there are things that are not of God going on in the world today. And it's, it's right and good that that doesn't sit well with us, right? right? That that causes a disturbance in our soul, but how we respond, we want, we want to do so like Jesus would. Yeah, and you know, I th- I'm thinking back to John Newton as as I start this conversation because here is a man who is the author of the song "Amazing Grace," mm-hmm. and a man who certainly needed and deserved judgment in his life, but also experienced tremendous grace as well. So let's look back at him. He was a leader in the abolitionist movement in the late 1700s and early 1800s, but. Given how his life started, you wouldn't have thought that was the path he was going to take. Now, his mother was a Puritan, so he had a, he had a Christian upbringing. Actually, uh, well, very short Christian upbringing because his mom died before his seventh birthday. Oh, wow. And his father, apparently not so much of a Christian man. He was a stern sea captain who decided to take his son to sea at the age of 11. So 
He went on several voyages. His father has made arrangements to have a son work on a sugarcane plantation in Jamaica, but John didn't follow through with that. He decided to sign in with a merchant ship instead. And it was a year later that while visiting friends, he wound up being pressed into service by the Royal Navy. And when you're being pressed is you were just basically here now in the King's service. This is what's happening, right. Your your life is now taking a change. Um, Now, he became a midshipman, but he rebelled. He released eight dozen lashes for his disobedience and a reduction in rank to a common seaman, which, of course, would have meant the lowest pay, the lowest, you know, just lowest of the low. So... He actually contemplated, rather than responding correctly, which would have been, I'm sorry, I did wrong, I'll try to do better. He actually contemplated murdering the captain wow. and then committing suicide. But he later recovered and eventually transferred over to a slave ship. And you think, well, this is not going to be an improvement. And of course, it really wasn't. He didn't get along with the crew of this slave ship. So he was left in West Africa with a slave trader who gave John to his wife. So John now became a slave himself wow. as as a servant. He wound up becoming a servant to this slave trader's wife. She treated him no better than any other slave. And while he's doing this, he's also living a very licentious lifestyle. And, you know, he he was basically was about as far from God as you could get. Well, after about three years of this, John's father enlisted the help of another captain to find and rescue his son. So... On the return trip, the ship encountered a terrible storm off the coast of Ireland that almost sank it. Well, it was after surviving this. you think everything else that he'd been through might have caused him to turn, but it was this, that he actually started reading the Bible and other religious literature. And they say by the time he reached England, he had accepted the doctrines of evangelical Christianity and gave up his vices. But he was still involved with the slave trade. So... Uh, Newton said it was actually sometime later that he gave his life to Christ. I started following the doctrines, but I hadn't really accepted Christ into my life. Wow, that's okay. That is common, right? right. I mean, that's like typically we we encounter an understanding of Jesus and we begin to learn about Him, but it's not usually a first, um, like a first impression. Give your life to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Usually, we do sit with the understanding of who He is or go to church for a while before we come to a place of saying, I'm ready to commit my whole life to this. Yeah, you know, this is actually, if you think back to the Old Testament law, even Paul said this, the law was the schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. Yeah. So so this was very much the same in John Newton's life. And, you know, of course, God began to work in his heart, and he actually started to develop sympathy for those who were caught in the slave trade. And he says it would actually be many years later before he fully renounced it, and became a leading abolitionist. Wow. And then he became a minister in an Anglican church. He undertook serious religious studies. He eventually became the pastor of a church in only England. Um, if you've ever seen the uh, Wilberforce movie, uh, there's an interesting scene in there where John Wilberforce goes to see John Newton. And when he walks into the church, uh, he sees this guy mopping a floor. He's in, you know, r- very ragged clothes. And he's, oh, what? I'm looking for John Newton. <laughs> and he says, uh, you're speaking to him. Wow. <laughs> he had completely changed. He viewed himself as a servant, and he was not not exactly what John Wilberforce had expected for somebody who was leading the way to uh, change the whole mind of the nation on right? the slave trade. Okay, but here's the thing. He was leading like Jesus. Jesus washed right. feet, right? Jesus served. Jesus... <laughs> you know, was not self-focused. He was all about giving himself away. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it sounds like right. 
Mr. Newton had an encounter with Jesus and he it did. changed him. Yeah, it, it, he recognized that he certainly, of all people, deserved judgment for all the things he had done, that he knew he had done wrong, the people that he had wronged, and probably sure. the slaves that had died because of the things that he had done. And he had had murderous thoughts in his own life. He knew this. Right. Uh, but God had completely changed him. And the epitaph on his tombstone really kind of encapsulates what God had done in his life. And it reads like this, and it's still in this graveyard in Olney, England. You can go there and see it today. It says, John Newton, clerk, once an infidel and libertine, a servant of slaves in Africa, was by the rich mercy of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, preserved, restored, pardoned, and appointed to preach the faith that he had long labored to destroy. Amazing grace. Mm. He wrote amazing grace. Yes. Wow. So yesterday I was sitting at my desk and just doing my work and randomly Jack's door had been shut. He is our office manager here at the station and he opened up the door and he came directly over to my desk and he said, I am just so grateful for you. Hmm. And it was, it was random and it was welcomed and it was so encouraging. And I realized at that moment, just how encouraging one small comment can be. I was feeling a little bit tired. I was kind of overwhelmed. I'm looking, I was scheduling at the time and I was looking at my calendar and I tend to take emails from my email and place them on my calendar as things that need to be done. Right. And I would have like, I, there were, there was about two hours where I had like four things slotted in every half hour. I've seen your calendar. It makes me really nervous. Well, yeah, I know. Do you know a better way? Because I'm open I don't to being, I really I'm don't. open to learning, you know, new ways of doing that. But I'm thinking there's no way I can get everything done that needs to get done. Right. And, you know, and so I was feeling a little overwhelmed. And so his encouragement was so timely. Just, man, am I grateful for you? And I was like, whoa, it probably took him all of 10 seconds, right, to come on over and just speak out one sentence. And it did so much for my heart and my spirit and my day. And that's it. You know, we can encourage one another so easily. And I think some people are just naturally better at this than other people are. I think that, that that's really true. Now, again, I've known Jack for a long time and he's just always been that kind of a guy. Well, I want to get better at it. I want to get better at it. So I'm going to challenge you this morning too. Who are you thankful for? We, you know, we think a lot this time of the year, I think about what we're thankful for mm-hmm. as we're approaching Thanksgiving, but who who are you thankful for? And do they know that you're thankful for them? And here are just a few ways that we can let other people in our lives know how much we appreciate them. One is just instead of complaining about folks, compliment them. Hmm. Turn that thing around. You know, it's easy to see what bugs us about one another. Anybody can do that. Don't just be anybody. Choose to see the good in other people and let them know by sharing a compliment with them. Hmm. And then another thing is to serve the people in front of you. Like think about the person you're grateful for right now. What is one small thing that you could do for them that would express your, your love for them and your gratitude for them? What if, uh, excuse me, acts of service is one of the five love languages and it's probably my number one. So when something gets done for me, <laughs> I feel there you go. intensely, you know what I mean? Like so loved and appreciated in that. So doing an act of service might be just the perfect way to let somebody else know that you appreciate them. 
You can also write a note to them. And I think it really doesn't matter if a note comes on a post-it or if it comes, you know, in an expensive card that you purchased. I think that when we receive written words of encouragement from other people, I don't know about you, but I save them. I do tend to save them too. I do. I mean, because there are times when we need a little boost and maybe someone's not walking over to your desk and telling you how much they appreciate you. We can go back to those notes and we can, you know, borrow them from moments past. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. Maybe I'm not the horrible person. I think I am. Yeah. You just need a little encouragement from time to time. And then the other thing is of course, to just tell people that you're grateful for them, you know, make, make a point of using the word thank you as a regular part of your day. Let your spouse hear. Thank you. Let your kids hear. Thank you. And the strangers, you know, the people who are helping you at the post office or checking out, you know, handing you your coffee, whatever mm-hmm. the case may be, use the word thank you generously and not just as a rote uh, response, but sincerely yeah. let them know that you appreciate them and you're really grateful for, for what they have done for you and who they are. And I think one of the benefits of this practice is it catches on. Mm-hmm. So if you are in the practice of saying thank you to other mm-hmm. people, you're probably going to find the people that you're around a lot of the time are going to start to reciprocate that back to you. Yeah, I actually had a little bit of this happen to me last night. I was I had ordered a pizza because my wife had had a really busy day and she just didn't really have time to to worry about dinner. So yeah. I said, I'll just order I'll just order out pizza. Well, I they you know so it'll be ready in about twenty twenty five minutes. Well, I actually gave them a little more time because I got busy doing something. So I got to the store and paid for it. And they said it'll be up in just a couple of minutes. Well, I'm waiting and I'm waiting and mm. you know five minutes passes, ten minutes passes, and I'm going. <laughs> I feel like the pizza should it's have been like, done like, by it's now. It's like, okay, it's been 40 minutes now since I, since I ordered. And it okay. wasn't like it was a deep dish pizza. So right. I'm kind of wondering what's going on. Well, uh, the uh, person who ran the place, and I've, I've gone to this place many times over the years. So they knew who I was. And uh, she came up to me and said, new employee. And I says, I'm really sorry, but they pushed your order back. Oh, and I, th- I thought I actually saw my pizza being prepared, so my eyes weren't deceiving me. Uh, they said, we're going to give you, I'm just giving you your money back. If you're thirsty, just grab a drink out of the cooler there, just to, or I can pour a fountain drink, whatever you want. So so I, w- I was really grateful for that and, you know, thankful that they were, were willing to do that. And I could tell she was going through some difficulties of yeah. her own as well, just physical difficulties that she was trying to struggle with, plus dealing with the uh, employee there. I bet you appreciated her honesty too. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know what I mean? She yeah. could have just left you waiting there. And once the pizza was done, handed you the pizza, but she said, oh, owned... sorry, it took so long. And that, yep. that would have been it. Right, yeah. right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. So. so, but that wasn't the way they handled it. It was handled very nicely. And yeah, we all got to sit back and breathe a sigh of relief. And I didn't mind waiting the few extra minutes because at least it was acknowledged that there, a mistake was made. It was made right. Yeah. So, no worries. No yeah. worries whatsoever. Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not grow weary in doing good for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. Share your appreciation for the person, the someone that you're grateful for today. Thanks for listening to Perry and Shauna Replay. To learn more, text us at 800-968-8930. That's 800-968-8930.